Election College, Episode 296, John Nance Garner. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. You have probably heard of John Nance Garner, because nope. that's one of the... No. <laughs> hey, Ben, you've probably heard of Cactus Jack. Yes. Okay, yes. Now I understand. Yeah. I mean, there's probably like 800,000 people who have gone by Cactus Jack, but if you're in the history, I guess you're going to be like, hey, yeah, of course, Cactus Jack. He was the vice president, <laughs> FDR's first vice president. Isn't Cactus Jack like the name of a beef jerky too or something like current day? I... I don't know. That doesn't sound like something you'd want to eat. No, but you know what I have had? And this is kind of crazy, and we probably... Well, you know what? Let's leave that as a cliffhanger for how he got his nickname. Okay. I have a story. I'm excited about it. Everybody's excited for Uncle Jason's (laughs) (laughs) little story. Or Cousin Cousin Jason, Jason. as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Forget my role sometimes. Anyway, John Nance Gardner III is who we're going to be talking about. And he was Franklin Delano Roosevelt's first vice president. He was born not as the vice president in November of 1868. Of course, he was born in a log cabin because we're kind of still in that era, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Born in a log cabin, 1868, near Detroit. Not Detroit, Michigan, though. Like Detroit, Texas. And... There's still a house there where he lived later on. So Garner, you know, spends his early days there in Texas. And he decides, you know what? I am going to go to Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm, you know, all my exes live in Texas. That's why I hang my hat in Tennessee. So he (laughs) heads over to Nashville. Ben, you know what? I'm in Texas right now. I know. I've been here for a week, and country songs from the 90s, they're all coming back, so I'm (laughs) sorry. This episode might be littered with uh, country lyrics. I think that's the appropriate word for any time country music is mentioned is litter. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. Country, like current country, not not a fan. Country from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 90s, pre-Shania Twain, I'm good with. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I. It's funny because <laughs> I was driving the other day, and uh, for our listeners, guys, I've been driving like a Class A RV, which is like a bus, and then towing a car behind it. But now we just purchased. We went to Elkhart, Indiana, which is where I think like ninety percent of RVs are made. Mm-hmm. We went there during the polar vortex. It was negative 15. That's a That's bad not, move. Yeah. Not wind chill. This is like the temperature was negative 15 degrees. And so uh, we moved out of the class A into a fifth wheel. 
So this means that we had to get a big, big, ginormous Ford F-350 truck, which my wife actually did all the research. (laughs) I just drive the thing. (laughs) It's ginormous. Anyway, it's negative 15 degrees, and I'm moving boxes from one RV to the next. And just in case you didn't know this, you can get a lot of stuff into an RV. Just Mm -hmm. because we purged a lot of our stuff, we still have a lot of junk. Yeah. And so this was totally beside the point. But I have a big old truck now, and I fit in in Texas just fine because everybody else has big old trucks down here. That's good. I'm sure if Cactus Jack were alive today, he'd probably have a big old truck. Jason, I just looked up Shania Twain because I wasn't really sure. She started in, in 1983, so... Really? Yeah. Pretty much anything with... I mean, that could have been like high school music. I don't know. But just not Shania Twain, and I'm good with country. I'm sorry, Shania. I, I you know, I hope you get it. I yeah. Oh. What's the one song that my wife would always sing? Um, guys do it all the time. <laughs> no, she didn't <laughs> sing that one, but that's the one. It was um, something like... Um, it's good to see you again. Send me a, a note. Send me a letter. You can give me a call. It'd be even better. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not hearing a lot of the stereotypes that you hear about Texas, uh-huh. about cowboy boots and cowboy hats and big trucks and cows and yeah. like longhorns. It's true. Oh, yeah. I can understand that. Hey, do people wash their hands more in Texas than they do in, West, in Eastern Pennsylvania? <laughs> I was just going to tell you, everybody is so friendly here. Uh And I hate to say anything bad, but there was a young man at the Walmart who, well, here I am teaching my five-year-old, you know, how long to wash your hands and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And this guy just walks out, walks out of, you know. The stall. The stall. Mm -hmm. This is not, you know, if you're going to have varying degrees of going to the bathroom, this is like. This is it. This is it. And he just walks out, and I'm like, I'm trying to teach my five-year-old how long to wash your hands. Uh You know. And this quote actually came into my head. Never judge a town by the clientele at Walmart. That's true. I don't know if I need to make a graphic of that and put it on Instagram, you know, as an inspirational quote, but... (laughs) Jason, we I don't even <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't but... even know where we're at anymore, but it's probably somehow my fault. I mentioned Shania Twain and it all went downhill from there. Yeah, guys do it all the time. Yeah. Anyway <laughs> So he goes I'm up in Texas. He, he goes to Tennessee. Oh man, yes. you, can, you can tell that Jason and I don't get to spend a lot of time together while he's in Texas, so Yeah. Um he goes to Tennessee. He's there for one semester. He drops out. He goes back home. Uh, eventually, he does go back and study law and gets admitted to the bar in 1890. And he starts to practice in Uvalde. Is that right? Did I pronounce that correctly? It's Uvalde. Uvalde. Uvalde, Uvalde County, Texas. Um, it wasn't long before, like any good lawyer attorney whatever uh he enters into politics and he starts to he runs for the county judge seats 
Um, this is more of a uh, judicial position. Uh, obviously, it's a judgeship, I guess. But um, in present day, they're a little bit different than what the county judge would have been back then. But at this point, they were certainly more active in the actual law and what we think of as a judge. Yeah. So he runs for the county judge position. And there's a couple of things that are really cool about this. He runs for office. He runs against a woman. And this is in 1893. Keep in mind. So it's pretty cool. A woman is running for office. Uh, Mariette Reiner is her name. Well, guess what? Two years later, they get married. <laughs> Isn't that cool? It is uh, cool. And the Democrats, you know, like Ben said, they just dominate politics. So if you win the primary, you've pretty much won the election. And, and that is indeed what happens. And they have a son, uh, Tully, uh, Charles Garner. And um, yeah, there he is serving. Serving as the county judge until 1896. Yeah, so he's in there for, what, three or four years? Something yeah. like that. Uh, after that, he gets elected to the Texas House of Representatives. That was in 1898. He gets reelected in 1900. And you're going to find out about Cactus Jack. He he likes to get reelected, or at least he's good at getting reelected. Uh, <laughs> kind of one of the... Um, well, Jason, you wanted to tell the Cactus Jack story. So maybe I should let you do it. Man, I've already told too many stories. I was going to say one other thing about the whole country music. I just can't uh-huh. get over this. On a bank. So this bank was built in the 90s, the building. And <laughs> right there in stone on the bank, it says, God bless Texas. Yeah. And that's, of course, the era that that song came out. Right. And it's awesome. I get it. And there I am in my truck. <laughs> do you need to get uh, a cowboy hat? I do need, and I need to get some boots too. I mean, because I'm actually like changing stuff, my residency. Actually. I just don't like country music. Yeah, well, yeah. you don't have to like it. Um, we probably it have some, some Texas listeners. I'm sure we do, but I'm about to become a Texan. Oh, it's, nice. it's happening in cool. the next in the next month. <laughs> anyway, um, Garner. While he is in the Texas House, supports the thought that the prickly pear cactus should have the honor of being the state flower for Texas. And that's how he got his nickname, Cactus Jack. That The, the uh, prickly pear is not the state flower for Texas, by the way. Uh, the blue bonnet is. So mm-hmm. Garner uh, lost out on that one. But... Here's my little story about the prickly pear cactus. They have licorice made out of the pear part of the cactus. That's pretty neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. it's You can eat it. It's the pink. I don't know if you've ever seen the cactus that flowers. Uh-huh. But um, the prickly pear, you can actually eat that part. Have you done it? Uh, I've ate the licorice. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Nice. It was pretty good. Yeah. There you, see, I am learning all kinds of stuff by living in an RV. This is the perfect time, too. Right on right on schedule with our episodes, too. I know. Yeah. You guys are getting more than a history podcast here. 
<laughs> so in 18, or I'm sorry, in 1901, uh, Garner votes for the poll tax. And we've talked about the poll tax, at least in passing before. Uh, but basically, this is a measure that was passed to make voter registration more difficult and, you know, essentially reduce the number of minority voters and um, really poor white people, too, uh, not just minorities, but trying to basically anybody who you would think would be disenfranchised during this period, they definitely wanted to keep them away from the polls because obviously poor people and minorities don't know anything about politics. So why would you want to let them vote? Uh, obviously, that's sarcasm there. Right. Exactly. I feel, I feel bad I have to state that, but I do. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's part of our history, I guess. Yeah. So, like Ben said, uh, Garner really gets used to the concept of being reelected because he is elected in this newly formed 15th congressional district beginning in 1902, 14 subsequent times. So, he's there serving in the House until 19. 19- 33. And if this isn't sketchy, his wife was paid and worked as his private secretary uh, during this time. I guess nepotism, no big deal. Right. And why would it be? I mean, it's, you know. Sure. Especially <laughs> if your nickname is Cactus. That's <laughs> Cactus Jack. So Garner gets chosen to become the minority floor leader for the Democrats in 1929. And then when the Democrats become the majority in 1931, he takes over as the Speaker of the House. So moving up the ranks there pretty quick. Uh, well, pretty quick. He's been elected like, you know, a bunch of times for lots of things. So you get it. Uh, he supports the federal income tax uh, and opposes pretty much any kind of tariff that comes through. Uh, the biggest ones would be wool and mohair. And this is kind of a good thing because those things were very important to the, the people in Texas that he was representing. It's also kind of a bad thing because it kind of seems like he was only opposing things that were important to his base and not, you know, the country at large. But still, um, you know, you got to represent the people who sent you. Yeah. Hey, there's a little tidbit, too, in my travels that I learned. So one reason a lot of people become residents of Texas is because there's no state income tax. Uh-huh. Get this, Ben. You've heard of Texarkana. It's like two cities that separates, separated between Arkansas and Texas. Uh-huh. So here, Texas doesn't have income tax. Yeah. But Arkansas does. But to encourage people to live in Texarkana, Arkansas, uh-huh. Arkansas is like, hey, guess what? You want to live in Texarkana, Arkansas? You don't have to pay state income tax. Really? But everybody else in Arkansas is like, uh, yeah. That's very interesting. Isn't that interesting? It is. All kinds of loopholes. If you have any loopholes in your area, we'd love to hear about it. You know, Tweet it out to us because, I don't know, I enjoy hearing that kind of information. So anyway, Garner, he's a pretty popular guy, and he <laughs> uh, makes some exceptions to the rules um, when it comes to prohibition. Um, while prohibition is in full effect, he holds what is called his Board of Education, and what that is is a gathering spot for you know, these D.C. lawmakers to go ahead and drink. 
And uh, this kind of continued. It's kind of interesting because Ben and I have been to a place where we see where members of Congress kind of hang out and gather around the uh, the booze. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. You'd be surprised kind. at where that place was, probably. Yeah. Actually, you probably wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't. It's just... I don't know. I was a little shocked, but... Yeah. I was shocked, but okay with it, too. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. It's all the rest of the stuff that happens in that room, most likely, where it's probably not cool. Anyway, uh, in 1932, Garner says, I'm going to run for the presidential nomination on the Democratic ticket. And Franklin D. Roosevelt, who we just had like four episodes about, obviously is going to win. Um he was probably not going to actually win. Uh, Garner, that is, was not going to actually win. So he says, Roosevelt, you probably don't have enough to eke by like really quickly. So how about I give you all my delegates? So, you know, I'll tell them all to vote for you, and I'll be your vice president. And FDR says, deal, because I'm going to run for four terms. <laughs> 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 so that's what happens. Uh, he gets... Um, he gets on the ticket. Uh, he does get reelected to Congress in 1932, but on that same exact day, he gets elected to be vice president of the United States. So he not only serves as the Speaker of the House, but also as the President of the Senate, which is just inc- just insane. Like, that's probably too much power. Yeah. That's absolutely nuts. But, you know, there he is. He's now the vice president of the United States. And everything's good between him and Roosevelt, right? Well, Garner was very aware because he was pretty powerful as a member of the House. He becomes very aware of the lack of power he has as vice president uh, he says that the vice presidency is like being not worth a bucket of warm spit, but actually warm spit is not what he said. That's what everybody um, thought he said for years, but yeah, yeah, you can Google it and find out what he really said. Uh, the relationship between Garner and Roosevelt sours because Garner is not in support of a lot of Roosevelt's policies. Uh, one of them, one of the biggies was, you remember how we talked about Roosevelt packing the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe adding members to the Supreme Court and kind of doing whatever he wants to? Well, Cactus Jack didn't like that. He thought that that was not a good idea, um, which ultimately is the reason Cactus Jack does not continue to be his vice president jason when's the last time you can remember hearing a sitting vice president disagree with a sitting president probably cactus jack yeah i think so (laughs) i'm sure that there yeah i mean i'm sure that there was some disagreement uh you can imagine what the lbj kennedy dynamic what that was like but yeah out there in public cactus jack is probably the last one that really stood up that's just crazy i mean if your nickname's cactus (laughs) you gotta do something 
So during uh, 1938, 1939, a bunch of the Democratic Party leaders are saying, hey, Garner, um, you should probably run for president here in 1940. And Garner, I mean, pretty much everybody in the Democratic Party establishment um, likes him. They they back him, or at least, you know, that's the perception. Uh, a lot of people in that party, as we talked about in previous episodes, aren't big fans of Roosevelt's New Deal. Um, it's just not good for them financially, I guess. Uh, there's a Gallup poll that showed that Garner was actually favorited among Democratic voters, and everybody just assumed that, yeah, I mean, Garner's going to run for president next time. Uh, Roosevelt's got already done two terms. He's not going to run again. Uh, even Time picks up a piece about Cactus Jack, and uh, they say, quote, Cactus Jack is 71 sound in wind and limb, a hickory conservative who does not represent the old South of magnolias, hoop skirts, pillared verandas, but the new South, money-making, industrial, hard-boiled, still expanding too rapidly to brood over social problems. He stands for oil derricks, sheriffs who use airplanes, prairie skyscrapers, mechanized farms, $100 tents and hats. Conservative John Garner appeals to many a conservative voter. So, you know, you got to remember that at the time that things are a little different as far as the alignment of uh, where Democrats versus Republicans fell as far as their political polarization. But um, long story short is that people thought he was going to be the next candidate. Yeah. Some people, <laughs> like uh, uh, union leader John L. Lewis, um, you know, who would be a very traditional Democrat, uh, describe uh, John Nance Garner as being, quote, a labor-baiting, poker-playing, whiskey-drinking, evil old man. Um, people felt pretty strongly about others. See, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Yeah. So what ends up happening, of course, is Roosevelt chooses Henry A. Wallace to be his running mate, and uh, Garner leaves office. In January of 1941, he had been in public service for 46 years. He goes back to Uvalde, Uvalde. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help but thinking that that's probably not the way that word was originally pronounced. But anyway, uh, he lives there for 26 more years. He is involved in real estate and hangs out with his great grandchildren and fishes and um, kind of stays away from Roosevelt, but works pretty close with uh, Roosevelt's successor, Harry Truman. Um, interestingly enough, Garner turns 95 years old on November the 22nd, 1963. President John F. Kennedy calls to wish him a happy birthday, and hours later, Kennedy is fatally wounded, as we know, in Dallas. Yes. Garner passes away uh, on November 7th of 1967. He is 98 years old and 350 days, so almost 99 years old. Uh, he is the longest-lived vice president in U.S. history. And, um, yeah, what a long life and a long life in public service for sure. Uh there were only a couple other people who did some of the things he did, like being the Speaker of the House 
before becoming vice president. Uh, <laughs> he and Skylar Colfax are the only people who ever served as both the Speaker of the House and the President of the Senate. Or the, the um, yeah, the President of the Senate, because, you know, that's what, that's what you do. I don't understand how it's legal for someone to hold both positions, but he, they, they did it. <laughs> if your nickname is Cactus, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I think that's probably accurate. Kind of interesting... Ben, just uh, being out here in the wide open spaces of Texas, uh, they've got a lot of politicians, 20th century politicians that come from out here. And um, yeah, it's that whole great promise of the West, you know, oil men, all that kind of good stuff. Sure. Cowboy hats and boots and chaps. Sorry. Uh channeling garth brooks um <laughs> well it's yeah, like if it's people true. came to my neck of the woods you know here in western pennsylvania instead of having having cowboy hats you got you got trucker hats with a fishing license stuck in it and instead of having you know uh, uh chaps and cowboy boots you got camouflage pants and and boots work boots so it's just the every region has a a uniform <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. God bless America. God bless, God bless Texas. That's right. Hey, uh, we would really appreciate it if you head over to iTunes and leave us a little review. You can go to electioncollege.com slash review, or you can just go straight to iTunes, leave us a review, even if you don't listen to us in iTunes. Uh, it would be awesome if you left us a review because it, it tells people about us. It makes us feel nice. It should make you feel nice. Yeah. Do what you want, and what you want is to help a couple of cousins out. That's right. And while you're helping a couple of cousins out, you can do that when you shop on Amazon. If you go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon, uh, it'll take you to Amazon. But that's our affiliate link, and we make money whenever you spend money using our affiliate link. So it's just one way for you to support the podcast without actually having to pay anything because you're not going to pay anything extra you're just giving us a little bit of credit it's a little tip of the hat it's the little things yeah that spur us on (laughs) somebody stop me stop please please anyway (laughs) we will see you next week With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.